Okay, this is uh, my first attempt to try and do a podcast, have a little fun with it, and discuss just issues friends and I uh, just kind of talk about from what we see uh, people talking and discussing on the internet at any given time. Uh, for this one, we're just sticking with um, essentially how we have certain groups and teams and competitors out there that use uh, kind of their persona and their personalities to help build certain fights or something and some people claim that as ego or making jujitsu more like MMA and this is really just going to be kind of a brief thing on our thoughts. Um, introduce myself, I'm Chris West, uh, currently a jujitsu purple belt, live in Dallas. Uh, with me, I have one of my best friends, Jimmy Altman. He lives in North Austin and is currently a brown belt in jujitsu. Uh, together, we started out as white belts. We've known each other for about six years, I guess. Yeah, six years. Uh, so, this is just kind of me and him discussing what we think about this. Uh, essentially, this all started when um, we'll just say like the most well-known person I can think of that uh, is out there. I don't want to say troll, but kind of trolls people to get fights going is Gordon Ryan, uh, part of the Dana Her Death Squad. Um, main people that I can think of that uh, here recently he had his fight with Felipe Pena out at Studio 540. Um, Felipe got the best of him there. But uh, called him out later to try and compete with him in the gi. Um, but Gordon kind of told him no. I mean, understanding that, you know, it'd be like he's he's building his reputation and everything right now uh, in no gi and all the no gi stuff that he does. Um, and he does really well in getting these fights to happen, the ones that he wants. Um, but in doing so, he does. Uh, kind of bring jujitsu into a different light that a lot of people aren't used to nowadays and that is um kind of the 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 verbal and just kind of trash talk like i said trolling people on the internet to get them going but it builds it up it creates hype uh the hype helps build a following for the fight and it helps build um, essentially the, the prize pool that these guys are throwing their money down on you know they're not, they're not just going to fight for free anymore they, you know if these super fights are going to happen between the high level black belts they're going to get paid thousands a couple at least for, for I don't know the exact numbers I haven't ever seen what the, the checks are but I imagine you know if Felipe is calling him out in a gi match for 20,000 or something Gordon's probably calling him out for at least few thousand and they've got to get some kind of uh, some type of prize since it was you know streamed on flow grappling and everything yeah I mean looking at it from their standpoint I mean a lot of people don't like how the whole transition for BJJ super fights are kind of mapping the hype for MMA fights you're selling it pretty much but for me I think it's I think it's great for BJJ I mean I've been doing jiu-jitsu now for about seven years and the most excited I've ever been for these for these uh these super fights or whatever you call them has been within the last year and a half or two years 
when we have these guys coming up and they're saying, you know, I'm the best and I can beat anyone, send me anyone from any team, and, you know, then, of course, that team's going to respond and say, oh, this guy, you know, is, this guy's not that good. I never even heard of this kid, but the thing about Gordon Ryan you have to respect is he built himself up. Like, everything he said that he was going to do, um, with the exception of the last super fight he had, like, he accomplished, you know. Um, he actually, in my opinion, did something that a, a lot of grapplers were unable to do. He kind of called out the original guy that was mapped to be, like, the big thing when Lloyd Irvin did the BJJ Kumite for Keenan. Remember how that all started? He said, hey, I had the best guy in the world that can beat anyone. You send him here and he can beat him. And, that, and they built that whole show off of that. And then Gordon said, I can beat Keenan. And, it, I mean, he did. It was an hour. Yeah. And But you, Keenan fought one of Gordon's teammates uh, at, in that when they were brown belts. Yeah, uh, uh, Gary. Yeah, Gary Tonin. Was, and Gary Tonin in that series was one of the most exciting people to watch. Uh, for sure. And a lot of it had to do with his personality. You know, it wasn't just his jiu-jitsu, but Gary made it entertaining. You know, he he helped he helped with the episodes in the show and making it exciting to see and people wanted to see the next episodes. They wanted to see Gary face Keenan, you know, because you knew not only was it gonna be an exciting match, but you were gonna have some some personality in in these fights. I think that's good for jujitsu. You know, I, I've as a competitor to myself, like I've invited people that don't do jujitsu to come watch, you know, grappling tournaments or, or to like, maybe if they come over, I show them like a jujitsu tournament online, and you know, the first match they're like, wow, this is so exciting, I love it, and then by like the second or third match, they've lost interest because it's it's not very exciting, you know, unless you really know what's going on, and these guys are like building the hype, they're exciting to watch, like Gary is one of the most exciting jiu-jitsu guys to watch. He puts himself in danger, he gets out, he hits like, you know, great takedown passes, and it's, I mean, it's pretty much just however, whatever time limit is, that whole time limit, he's like going after it. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I like that. I like how those guys, they're building up the hype for those things, like these fights. And I think it's bringing in, you know, other, other people that maybe, wouldn't want to sponsor or or give money to these things like they're getting excited now i mean you need hype behind anything that you're trying to market to people you know if no one wants to pay you know ten thousand twenty thousand dollars to watch one guy sit in guard for seven minutes and the other guy just be content with not getting submitted or not trying to pass like that's one thing about like i love about like the ebi rules and stuff is like there's going to be a winner somebody's getting submitted or if it doesn't, uh, if somebody doesn't get submitted, like you never really see an uh, EBI match where people aren't going for submissions. Now, in the when it comes to the tournaments, you see a little bit less and less of like the the MMA personality persona, people pushing the fights in a certain light because you really don't know who you're gonna fight. You don't know what the draw is gonna be. You know, if, uh, if Gordon ever really decided to to put the gi back on and go. Well, put the he. I'm sure he trains in the gi, but to you know go to worlds and compete at the black belt level at worlds, you know that's what a lot of people knock him about is like, well, you're you're preparing for one super fight, you're building up for one fight. When you know I don't do super fights, I do tournaments, you know, or something. And 
then they started talking about, well, Gordon's just got a big ego, or also, you know, we're using Gordon as an example. We we personally we like his matches. You know, we like watching that whole team compete. Um, and so, but we're just using him as a kind of an example and a name to talk about. But uh, just want to make that clear. Essentially, when when these people get into these uh, jujitsu super fights, like Jimmy said, you have to build it up. You have to. No one's gonna want to watch something. Think about the UFC cards. We'll, we'll hop right into MMA examples. A UFC card, for the longest time, I was a huge UFC fan. I'd love to watch any MMA. You know, it could be anything over in Japan, the small promotions. I remember when Affliction did a promotion and Fedor was on it. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, I watched that one. Like, I loved MMA. But then it got to a point where, you know, there are so many fighters. You know, you... Yeah. You only have so much time to watch so much, do your hobbies, your training, you know, what fights do you actually want to pay for? And this goes back to, you know, people that push their fights and get people to pay to watch them. And the easiest name to say in MMA now is Conor McGregor. Yeah. And to say like, you know, Conor paved the way for fighters to get paid more now. Well, what Gordon and that team and, and people like him are doing with the way they push fights, they get people talking. Um, you know, they, 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 they use jujitsu, which a lot of people say, you know, leave your ego at the door, uh, the gentle art. Um, it's not so gentle when you leave with bruises or, you know, a person leaves a tournament with like a dislocated shoulder or, uh, you know, they have to walk out on crutches. Um, people need to realize it's a combat sport, you know, and if combat sports want to get paid, there has to be hype behind these fights. Yeah, I mean, I hate, I hate when people say, you know, oh no, you go in jujitsu, and I and and I I believe that you have to have your ego under control, especially in the gym when you're with your own teammates and stuff. But as far as competition, like you have to have some type of ego to like push yourself to go out and 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 do what you do. I, I think people forget like when the Gracies first came over here. They weren't like, oh, no egos, you know, let's all go meditate and, and, and see whose sport's better. They they put ads in the newspapers and stuff that said, our art is better than yours. We will put this much money down that we can beat your instructor or anyone who wants to come. Mm-hmm. And they did. And, and, you know, that's why it's grown so much now. But, um, like I said, when it comes to that ego aspect, of course you can't be in the gym like, oh, I don't want to lose my teammates yeah. and, and you're hurting people. But in competition... I mean, it's just like any other sport. Like, if you don't want to win and you don't have that ego to where you feel bad, mm. if you lose in a competition, then you probably shouldn't compete. Yeah, you know? I, I think uh, a lot of people that talk to me, like, there was a my, my jiu-jitsu competition career in the last year has been a lot more successful than it was the prior years. And a lot of it had to do with, like, my mindset and the fact that, you know, when I walk into the bullpen I get ready to compete or if it's on one of the the fight to win pro cards I've been uh, lucky enough to be on you know I I don't want either of us to get hurt you know but I'm going out there with the mindset that I'm the best period and you have to have that mindset and people that of course this isn't like Jimmy said this isn't something I do when I'm training with my training partners with them it's it is fun. It's, it's testing things. It's seeing how things go. But when you compete and you're a competitor, your mindset's different than 
um, the average uh, person that does jujitsu, um, kind of the hobbyist. I mean, it's from the term that I've heard used most often, but it, this all circles into the same thing essentially is that you have individuals and people who, who they really push the, the no ego, you know, they don't like individuals such as Gordon because, you know, he puts the crown on, he says he's the king, you know, and, and you got Gary out there that he'll challenge anybody. And I mean, I'm still with Jimmy on that. Gary's one, Gary Tonin's one of the most exciting people to watch. Gee or no gee, you know, I, I love watching all of his matches. Uh, win or lose, it's an exciting match. Um, but it all circles into the same thing. You know, the, people get on these guys. They say they have an ego. They say that they push jujitsu to be like MMA. Well, they're getting paid too. You know, as much as it may be, as much as it, as little as it may be, um, they're helping grow the future and they're bringing interest in that wasn't there. You know, my my brother will watch. MMA fights with me, but he doesn't like going to a jiu-jitsu tournament because he doesn't really understand what's going on, and he, and he finds it boring when a, a closed guard player doesn't want to open their guard, you know, and go and move around, or you know, or how uh, in a no-gi fight or something, uh, you know, a wrestling aspect, you know, the wrestler may think that he's got a better shot at something because of uh, just kind of a mentality aspect and. A lot of it has to be pushed, and, and jiu-jitsu has to keep getting pushed in a way that makes it uncomfortable for, for I don't want to say traditionalists, because it's not so much. Like Jimmy said, jiu-jitsu wasn't always, you know, the gentle art. There wasn't, there wasn't the slogan, jiu-jitsu for everyone, you know? Uh, there wasn't always, like, the, the best amount of respect. Like, I, I still today, like, will, can easily probably find a place where there's some martial art out there that wants a challenge or something just because you train a different art than them. Yeah. And respect all different aspects of martial arts, but the ones that make the money and the ones that help are the ones that push and have individuals in the in the front that can be the personality. And if you think it's like MMA, then you know you think it's an MMA personality. But even in MMA, like. The guys making the most money aren't always the best, you know. Yeah. They're the ones that can can build a card, and they're the ones that can build a, you know, the pay per view purchases and, like, you know, Connor Connor McGregor got big, about probably I think he became really well known about his third fight. Uh, I remember always hearing him hearing about him after his first and second fight when I drive home. Uh, I forget what the name of the show is, but it's on uh, XM Radio. Uh, the guys would always talk about him and they knew he was going to be big they knew that you know this personality because of his personality he was going to grow the sport and it's the same for for people like Gordon Ryan you know because of their personality they're helped growing the sport now they don't win everything yeah you know Gordon hasn't won ADCC you know uh, not exactly sure if he's won any level of Nogi Worlds I think he I think he actually won Nogi Worlds as a brown belt. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think I read somewhere that he had actually won Nogi Worlds as a brown belt. Yeah. Um but even getting onto that whole subject of like IBJJF, like a lot of people 
uh, like Gary does a lot of IBJJF tournaments. I, I actually got to see him when I was at Nogi Worlds last year competing in uh, um, still very exciting. One of the things I will say though about IBJJF, like if you're not at that certain level where you have sponsors or you have people that are like, you know, funding for you to go to these tournaments, people get on like these guys that are doing these super fights and making this money. But when I went to Nogi Worlds last year, I didn't have sponsors and stuff and um, it was a personal choice to go. So I knew what I was getting myself into. But with plane tickets, hotels, paying for a tournament, paying for my registration as a brown belt, um, you know, I, I put, you know, maybe $1,500 just into that one trip with food and all that. And honestly, if I would have won, I would have got pretty much the same medal that, you know, somebody that was like a blue belt would have got. Or mm -hmm. the black belt, if they're not, you know, finishing out the year is, what is it, number one gets paid, right? If you finish yeah. out the year as the number one black belt, mm -hmm. they get no, paid. Mm -hmm. But everyone... Adult black yeah, belt, right? Yeah. Everyone else is getting the same medal, regardless if you're a blue belt or a black belt. And I mean, of course, it's you need you need those titles. You don't absolutely need them, but they look really good on your resume if you have them, especially if you want to open a gym or something one day. Um, you can say, you know, I won this, or your students can actually see that you competed and did well. But um, you can't knock anyone for wanting to do these matches where they're making thousands of dollars because IBJJF. You spend a lot of money to do these tournaments, and uh, I mean, like I said, you're not really winning anything different than anyone else. No. And the IBJJF here, um, you know, they do pro pro opens uh, where you know a certain belt levels and certain ages can win. Um, like it, for me, uh, currently, I can most most of the time compete as a, a master one purple belt. I'm about to turn 32. Uh, so if I go to a pro uh, for IBJJF to win any money, I have to win my open weight, you know. And then you have the the, the black belt adult, which has what is it like four different divisions, like heavy, uh, medium, light. Like it has four different uh, weight classes that you can essentially win money at, and it's the person that gets first and second can get paid, you know. And you know it's good that they're doing that. They're 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 having more of them I've noticed over the last couple of years but you know as Jimmy said it, it, it still costs a lot to do all this and for people to help pave the way for pro shows um, and for people to help pave the way for uh, super fights for them to use you know for them it's, it's their personality like I'm, I'm a very introverted person and the easiest fights for me to push and, and do stuff with are actually the ones when I know the guy, you know, and not that I have hated anybody I've ever competed against, but it's it's fun, like it becomes a game. And when you're the individual who's got the, you're very extrovert, you know, it, it's easier for you to push these fights, even if you don't know the person, just because that's your personality. You, you like to get out there, you, you know, you like to be out in the front, you, you know, and it's not a, for the people that feel it's a bad thing, I, I still just kind of keep going back to it's not just because they're growing the sport as a whole. They're they're helping bring in income to the sport. Now, right now, it's just for them. You know, the income is just them. But, you know, eventually, there's going to be other super fights. You know, they're not going to be the only ones doing the super fights. And those super fights somehow have to be built up, you know. And if you have... Unless they're... 
I'm trying to think off the top of my head two people who are who wouldn't talk or build up a fight, but I'd still love to see. I mean, there's a lot of them. Like, you know, um, like for instance, like anytime, anytime that, like the Meow Brothers are 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 the Mendez Brothers or those guys are are competing. And uh, I actually got in this conversation recently with someone. They were talking about they would love to see a match between Hoffa and, and Gary and Nogi. Yeah. And they were saying, you know, I don't I don't think Hoffa would do great against Gary and Nogi. And I was like, you must have forgot. Like, Hoffa, like, is an ADCC champion in Nogi. He is, in my opinion, the best grappler there is now um, that's still actively grappling. Competitor. Competitor, yeah. Um, but those guys never, you know, you see them at the tournaments and – um, they're the quietest. They're people the quietest ever. people ever. Mm-hmm. Like even the Meow Brothers. Like if you go up and ask them for a picture, they'll say, "Hey, can wait after my matches." They don't like being bothered, then, but they do. They do very well um, at the IBJJF uh, rule set and and with the ADCC and ADCC and they, um, wherever they go. So that, that was with his brother too, Guy Mendez. Like, but uh, <coughs> Guy's essentially stepped back, taking more of a teaching role, but. Yeah, I, you know, that'd be a prime example. Um, or, like, one of my favorite grapplers, uh, uh, JT Torres. You know, he's the coolest guy ever. Like, you see him at these tournaments, and he's, like, smiling. He's talking to everyone. Um, but he's not really, like, out there, um, you know, selling these fights and stuff. But any rule set he does, he always does exciting matches. Yeah. You know, so. Um. We'd like to essentially thank everybody who listened. Uh, like we said, this is really just our first go around at this. Um, we're hoping to do essentially do a topic, probably like once every other week or something. Uh, build it up. Just have people express their thoughts. If you ever want to get on, um, if you've got like a, a topic you'd like discussed or you want to discuss a topic, you know it can always happen. Uh, can always phone in or anything for anybody that would ever like to discuss. Um, all in all, me and Jimmy are—I say we're both on the same page in that uh, jujitsu in itself, in its core, it's still a combat martial art. Um, if to build up anything, you need hype. Uh, you know, if you know the if jujitsu would would have never come to America, it would have just stayed in Brazil, you know, it'd be big there, and there'd be a martial art here that would, there'd be somebody building hype for it, you know, and there's always something, so. Yeah, I think it's, uh, people just need to take a step back and realize that, you know, in competition, having an ego is totally different than just being, like, a straight-out douchebag. Yeah. I mean, there's guys that are, like, douchebags that have egos that... Eddie, was it Eddie Bravo? It said, uh... Jiu-Jitsu will show you the douchebags, or it'll weed out the douchebags. Yeah, I think that was him who said that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's one thing to have an ego and be at the top, of, the top of your your game, and you're winning the biggest tournaments in the world. And then there's another to be somebody that's just trying to sell a fight that's very not good, and they're just douchebags. Yeah. And and they think that they can, you know, make it bigger not off of talent, but just talking crap about other people. Yeah. So. Yeah, if Gordon talked and he had no talent, he wouldn't be getting a chance to fight Felipe Pena. Exactly. You know he has talent, and you know 
Felipe Pena took the challenge because, you know, he believed he he was going to be tested and, and could win. Like and, and, and people, not uh, Gordon saying he had big ego, but when he lost, he was he was humble in defeat. Yeah. You know, he didn't make any excuses. He said Felipe was the best guy. He said he had been sick, but he didn't use that as an excuse. He said he was the better guy that day. He beat me and... You know, back to the drawing board, pretty much. So, uh, like I said, I'd like to thank everybody who listened. Um, and we're going to try and do this at least every other week. Uh, it may be just once a month for the time being, but uh, I think we're going to try and do this again in about two weeks uh, when Jimmy actually comes up to Dallas and visits me up there. So, uh, until then, we hope everybody has a good day. Uh, if you got any thoughts, any questions, Anything, like we said, you'd like discussed or brought up, uh, you can hit me up um, at Instagram at ChrisWest underscore BJJ um, on Facebook. Uh, you, you can look for me, Christopher West. Uh, Jimmy's at Jimmy Altman. Um, you don't have an Instagram anymore. Yeah, just hit me up on Facebook, guys. Just uh, Jimmy Altman and uh, just send me a message if you have any topics or anything you want to discuss or if you have any feedback for the podcast yeah and if you and if you unsure if the profiles you're looking at are us essentially they're riddled with with or they they got a ton of jiu-jitsu stuff on there so you know it's us so again thank you all and uh we'll talk again in two weeks